But so many times we're having a difficult time standing because we're looking at a person or we're looking at a situation and we get off track. And it's so easy to get off track because that's how the devil works. He wants us to get sidetracked. He wants us to get off course. He wants us to go down a different path. And God's saying, listen, my son, my daughter, you can stand. I'll help you in my power and my might. Don't allow a person or a situation to dictate to you that you will not stand. And a lot of times we, we looked at this where we said that Jesus turned around and rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Well, he wasn't calling Peter Satan. He was calling the principality and the power in the heavenly, in dark places. Okay. And, and that's why we need to, we need to like quit looking at people. We need to quit looking like my husband, my wife just causes me so much grief. It's not them. It's the devil using them. And they don't even know that they're being used. So once I found this out, guys, and I don't want to get off on this, I then can have compassion for that person that two minutes earlier I wasn't too happy with because I see that they've allowed the devil to influence them trying to get to me. It's not that person. It's not a situation. Oh, it was an accident. There is no such thing as an accident. There is no such thing as an accident. you know how much effort the devil put in to have two cars collide at the same time, a certain point of the day? Come on, guys. I mean, okay, we got to keep moving. We do not wrestle with flesh and blood, so forget that. Forget that. It's not that person. And what that's going to do then is that's going to enable you to stand when you think, I've had it with that person. I've had it with them. Ah, that's it. I'm walking. Know who's coming against you. Know, and listen, if he can get you through a person, through a situation, he's got you. And what he'll do is he doesn't have to think of something new. He'll just continue using that and using that until you deal with it. So when it's the same situation, you're thinking, Man, this always happens to me or you know what? I'm not getting around that person because he, every time I do it, they they uh, upset me or they get me all worked up. Well, come on now. If he isn't going to use that person and that person is getting to you through that situation, he'll turn around and get somebody else to do the exact same thing. You think, oh, I'm not going to be around that. Why don't you deal with it? <laughs> Why don't I deal with it? Okay, And then get over this thing. Okay, I'm on to your devices, devil. And you will not hold me back from fulfilling what God's called me to do and to be. And I'm telling you, when you get that attitude, there isn't nothing that can stop you. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Listen, devil, that isn't going to work anymore. Okay? So, let's continue. Verse 13 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand, there it is again, in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. He keeps telling us to stand, stand, stand. Stand, Christopher, stand. We said we put on the whole armor of God and nowhere. I read the rest of the Bible after Ephesians 6.13 never says to take it off anywhere after that verse. So we're to leave it on. Put it on, leave it on. You can leave it on when you go to bed. You can leave it on when you take a shower. You can leave it Okay, I got the whole armor of God. And the Bible's saying when I have the whole armor of God, I'm going to be able to withstand in the evil day. Verse 14 Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The truth is God's Word. Got to have it around our neck. It says right around 
your hands, put it on as a bracelet, put it on as a necklace, keep it out there in front of you, keep it before you at all times. That's going to that's going to allow you to be able, you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you have right standing, but what that's going to do is be able to help you think right, talk right, and act right. When you have this thing constantly before your eyes, you're going to think right, talk right, and act right. That's putting on the breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the gospel is the good news, which is the Bible. It keeps telling us you've got to have this word before you day and night. And above all, this is the great, this is the best part. This is it. It comes to a point here. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world, right? We've already looked at that. With which you will be. It says, now you've got to underline that, guys. Don't take my word for it. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will, will, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So, when I stand in his power, when I stand in his might, when I've done all to stand, I continue to stand, and I realize it's not a person or situation. I realize it's the devil trying to get me sidetracked. I can stand because I have the truth of God's Word in front of me, day and night, night and day. And it says that I will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Not some of them, not one of them, all of them. That's really good news, right? We ought to be shouting and jumping up and down because there's nothing that he can send against me that's going to work. See, we're on to his devices now. Okay? And, and so many Christians are, are out there and they're in the battle, because we are in a battle whether you know it or not. Okay? Until we get to heaven, you're in a battle. And so many Christians are like, I don't know, is that God or was that this person? Or I don't know if it's his will for me to have this. And, and I don't know. And man, if you don't know who you're fighting, how in the world can we expect you to stand? If you're thinking God's bringing these things on you or that he's not doing this because of for whatever reason, how in the world are you going to be able to stand when the opposition comes against you? No, guys, you've got to be firmly planted. You've got to be rock solid. You've got to have the promises down on the inside of you that come hell or high water. It says fiery darts. That would mean fiery, hot darts, hurtful darts. They're coming against me. They're pricking me. They're hurting that's hurting. That's the evil one coming to steal, kill, and destroy. I'll be able to quench every one of them. Quench means to extinguish. Doesn't mean that they're not going to stop coming. It means that I have a fire extinguisher in the Word of God that's going to be able to put out all those fiery darts. Isn't that good news? I just preached myself happy for a couple minutes. <laughs> so I think that's really good, man. I mean, I'm so glad that he allowed me to share that. So. Um, standing requires patience. We looked at that. Patience requires diligence. Diligence requires discipline. And discipline requires faith. And faith requires the Word. Faith begins where the will of God is known. We've heard that over and over in this church. Those, those words though we look at right there, patience and diligence and discipline, we don't like those words. <laughs> Our flesh doesn't like those words. Patient. I got to be patient, Pastor Chris. Oh yeah. In order for you to stand in the evil day and done all to stand, you're going to have to be patient. We sing about it quite frequently. Remember, Pastor Marcus was here. We sang about it all the time. Um, Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Remember that that song we used to sing. I forget how it goes right now, but we wait upon the Lord. As I wait upon Him, He's renewing my strength. My strength is being built up. Why? 
Why would my strength be built up as I'm having to be patient? Because I know He's coming through for me. I know that it won't be long. I know that payday's coming. It's, I'm going to get what God said I can have. Standing requires a patience, and patience is a word we don't like. The flesh doesn't like it. We're in too big of a hurry. This society, this day and age we live in, we've got to have it right now. We've got to have it immediately. And if it isn't immediately, something's wrong. I'm getting impatient. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go somewhere else. I'm going to get it some other way. And that's where we've got to be careful. Because God's saying to us, in order for you to stand, you're going to have to be patient. And man, everything in this world is telling you contrary to that. It's saying, you know what, if you can't get it over here, get it over here. You know what, we talked about you have 250 channels on the TV. If you're not getting it on this one, flip through the next 100. You'll find something in there. And even if that doesn't take care of you, do this. It's, come on, you've got to stand. We've got to have a patience. And that is one of the fruits of the Spirit. We said that, this is a good quote if you weren't here the last couple of weeks, patience is the secret weapon that forces deception to reveal itself. Man, I heard that in a convention about three years ago, and I still meditate on it and think about that. Patience is the secret weapon that forces deception to reveal itself. We know we have an enemy. We know he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. We know he's out to sidetrack us, get us off target. And if we are patient... And if we can hold on to that patience and stand, we can force that deception to reveal itself. And the scripture that goes along with that is Matthew 10:26. There isn't anything that is hidden that shall not be revealed, Jesus said. Okay? So the enemy would want us to think that what he's trying to deceive us with is more powerful than God's word. But The Bible says there is nothing hidden that shall not be revealed. The problem is, is we let up too easily. We back off. We got to stand. James 1.4 says, you can just write it down because we got to keep moving. It says, let patience have its perfect work and we shall lack nothing. Well, we like the second part of that verse, right? I don't want to, man, not lacking nothing, not lacking no thing. It's saying we're going to have to have patience. We're going to have to have patience to do this. Standing requires a persistence, a tenacity, a perseverance, not giving up. And you know what? In this day and age we live in, you know, I own my own business and I also work here at the church full time. I see too many people, I've been there myself, just giving up. Just giving up. And, I, and we talked about last week, most time, guys, your breakthrough is right, right there. And, you know, you get to the point where you stood and stood. And instead of, you know, we know the devil. The devil, if you're just getting ready to break through and have the answer that you've been waiting for, don't you know that that wily coyote is going to pull out an all-out attack and try to get you sidetracked? Just at the point of breakthrough. And I see so many people, they get right there and they're right on the edge of breakthrough. And they back off and they quit. Oh, it didn't work for me. Oh, nobody can do that. Come on, guys, we've got to let patience have its perfect work. We've got to have a tenacity. And we said that Paul referred to it as fighting the good fight and finishing the race. He referred to it as a fight. And, you know, I, maybe you girls don't watch boxing or anything, but to, to have a 12-round heavyweight fight, man, you've got, you got to hang in there. And we talked about relating in the Olympics, you know, these long-distance runners and swimmers. 
you know, the people to bust out of the gate all out and, and, and full out attack. I just got to, I just went to convention. I just come to church and man, I'm so excited. Yeah, God, God, God. And then in a week, they're like, where are they at? What happened to them? No, we got to pace ourselves. Listen, this thing we call life, this life here we have on earth, where it's 70, 80, 90, or 100 years, we have to pace ourselves. It's a race. It's a fight. And, and so many times I've seen people get all excited, which is a good thing, but they don't keep that excitement. And then they fall back and they fall away from the things of God. And it's very hard to stand when you're not being around uh, other people like-minded. Okay? We're going to need some endurance. Let's turn to Hebrews 10.35. Hebrews chapter 10.35. It says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Confidence in what? Confidence that I'm going to be able to stand in God's power and His might. My confidence is, is in His Word. Okay, so therefore, we do not cast away our confidence because He's promised, which has great reward. For you will have need of endurance, it's saying, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. We don't like the word endurance. We don't like the word stand. We don't like the word patience. We don't like the word discipline. God's telling us, though, that these disciplines of faith are going to require discipline. There's a God's part and there's our part. We're going to have to discipline ourselves to endure this race to endure this fight. And it is a fight. So, when we're aware of those things, it's a whole lot easier to stand than when you're not sure and you never heard those things before. Endurance breeds patience. And I shared the example. I'll share it again this week with you because I think it's a great example. We have a, a yellow lab. Her name's Sadie. And, uh, you know, we, we play and rough up with her. She can take it and she loves it. And one of the things I do is, is she has these toys and I'll grab a toy and, man, she'll hold on to that thing and she will not let that thing go. I can shake her whole body and her neck. She's really strong. And, and the, only, the only way I can get that toy out of Sadie's mouth is by tricking her. By saying, hey, Sadie, here's a treat. Well, when she hears treat, she drops the toy and she'll go running for the treat. Hey, Sadie, let's go inside. And she wants to go inside and she's been outside. I have to trick her. And see, that is an exact representation of what the devil does to you and I. We're standing on the Word of God. I'm standing, Pastor Chris. I'm standing. I'm standing. I'm standing. And then the devil comes along and just tries to deceive us and get us off course. And we drop the promise of God out of our mouth, out of our heart. And then we get sidetracked and we wonder why. We're not receiving the promise of God or where it's at. When patience runs out, your faith runs out. That'd be a good statement to write down. When patience runs out, your faith runs out. Okay? So I'm going to have to be patient, man. I'm going to have to stand. I'm going to have to hold on to inherit the promises of God. How do I do that, Pastor Chris? How can I have patience? Maybe you say, you know, I've never been a patient person. And let me tell you, I'm not a real patient person myself, you know. I'm not. I mean, I want it, you know, and I want it now. If I can see it, you know, and I can do it. But God's dealing with me too. I'm preaching to myself here. How I can have patience is keeping His Word before me night and day. Acknowledging Him in all my ways. Discipline number two. Discipline number one was putting His Word first place. See how they all tie together? 
I can only stand and I can only endure and I can only have patience when I continue to look at His Word, when I continue to look at it from His standpoint, from His view. I know it's coming to me. I know that I can receive it because Ephesians 6 told me that I shall receive it if I hang in there. We're given many great examples, this is where we left off last week, of people standing in the Bible. People that stood against all odds. In fact, you and I are here because these, some of these people stood against, against really great opposition. These are people like you and I, guys. These are people that had jobs. These are people that had families. They weren't special people. We think of people in the Bible as being like, you know, on a different level than us. No, these were people that stood. And we're going to just look at them. You know, we're not going to go into great detail because of time, but you can look at them a little bit more. These are heroes that stood. And you can find them in chapter 11 of Hebrews, the faith chapter, not faith hall of fame. So we have a football hall of fame. You have the faith hall of fame here in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's look at a couple of them. Now think about these. Think about these names. You know them all. And how they stood when the whole world was coming against them and thought they were crazy, thought they were messed up, thought that, you know, you old fool, you crazy man, you crazy woman. And, and the same thing happens to us today. And we looked at a little bit of that before about how even family will try not try to, but they will allow the enemy to use them to get us to back off. Okay? And we've all experienced that at one time or another. Let's look at a couple. Noah. Noah stood on the Word of God, right? Lord said, build an ark. What's an ark? Never had rain. Never, and nobody ever heard of an ark. Nobody ever seen a boat before. What are you doing, old man? What are you doing putting all that lumber together? What is that thing? That guy is crazy. He's off his rocker. He's, he's, he's flipped. Think about it. Now, you can think about those lines, but think about Noah. He stood on the Word of God. And don't you know, about halfway through that project, he had to be like, this is crazy. God said to do what? And think about, I mean, just think about when he was in that boat. And just think about all the animals. I don't know if you ever thought about this. I was thinking about it the other day. Think about those animals. You know, there's two of every animal on that boat. And there was just Noah and his family. How do you take care of all that? Like with the pooper scooper. I mean, how do you take care of all that? All those animals. Wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, that was, I mean, I think about that and I'm thinking all those animals and you know that like, I'm sure the Lord didn't shut them up for a couple, you know, 40 days and 40 nights. That's, that's getting off target, but I'm just thinking, you know, you're standing. Yeah, you're standing, though. And he, all the, think of all the opportunities he had to back off and just quit or just, you know, and he stood. How about Joseph? Man, God's talking to his brothers. Next thing you know, he's sold. Next thing you know, he's in a prison. Next thing you know, Potiphar's saying he did something. Potiphar's saying he did something to his wife that he didn't do. Uh, and then he gets he gets thrown into another prison. Joseph, and he stood, and he stood, and he stood. Amen. How about Daniel? When's the last time you got thrown in a dark, wet cave with lions? And he stood, and he stood up against the authorities with God's word. And look what happened in his life. How about three boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Did they stand? 
Come on, guys. They stood and they said, you know, the guy said, back off. Declare that this guy's God and declare that your God isn't. And they're like, we'll stand. You know what? I know, we know our God's for us. And even if you throw us in there, we're still going to stand. And they stood and they come out. They said they weren't even scorched and smelling. How's all that work? How's that work? That's almost as crazy as Noah taking care of all those animals. How's that work? Come on, guys, because they stood in the power of his might. They stood in God's power. How about Moses? Moses, man, he gets called out of, you know, he's out there in the desert. You know, he's got a wife now and family and God calls him to go back and stand up against the most powerful uh, regime there was in that day. Pharaoh and all his people. And, he, and, and think about how many times Noah, I mean Moses, went up to Pharaoh and had to go through all that opposition to get to him and to the point where Pharaoh says, you come back here one more time, Moses, and you're a dead man. And Moses continued to stand. And he stood and he stood against all opposition, guys. It wasn't easy. It wasn't convenient for Moses. But I want you to see how that applies to your life and how it applies to my life. Because he stood, we're here. How about Abraham? Abraham's an old man and his wife's an old lady. And God says, you shall have a child. They stood. And you know, when he told people, don't call me Abram anymore, call me Abraham. You crazy old man, you're not going to be a father of many nations. How could you be? He stood and he stood and he had you know, his baby and we're here because of that. They stood and did not let go against all odds, against persecution, against opposition, against the very forces of hell itself, they stood. How about some New Testament examples? How about Jesus? Jesus stood. Remember we looked last week, we said he set his face like flint. And he stood when everybody was against him, even his disciples left him. He stood when they were pulling out his beard. He could have called legions of angels, it said. He stood and he faced that cross. He went to that cross. He died for you and I. Aren't you glad that he stood? Aren't you glad that he stood? Amen. I'm so glad because I wouldn't be up here talking and we wouldn't be here today if he didn't stand. How about How about Mary? You're pregnant and you haven't been with a man. I didn't know you left the house, Mary. Come on now. This is just think that was your daughter. We think of these people as being some, you know, something way out here. Oh, Mary. Mary was a girl. She was 14, 15 years old. And she hadn't been with Joseph yet. And God said, an angel came and said, you're going to be with child. How's that work? She stood. And because of that, we're here today. Come on, man. That was some serious opposition. How about Zacharias and Elizabeth? They were just like the same. They were like with uh, Abraham and Sarah. They were uh, Mary's cousins, remember? And, and she was with child. And, and, and uh, Zacharias couldn't speak, remember? And they're like, you know, write down the name of the boy. And remember how they stood against opposition, against all kinds of of nasty things and family you're talking about stand up one of my favorites how about Paul you think he stood through some stuff come on man all the things that Paul went through you can read that in Acts all the things and he stood and we have a lot of the New Testament because of he stood one of my favorites though is Stephen and, and he's one of my heroes in the faith he was just declaring the word of God like I am right now and they said shut up no more 
You will not be able to do that. And he continued to tell them about the things of God. And they stoned him. And as they were stoning him, meaning killing him, he looked up into heaven and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How's that work? How's he stand when they're, sta- when they're stoning him? How's his face shine like that of an angel when, when he's getting stoned and he should be bloody and, and like, I don't know, how's that work? Because he stood. He was standing in the power of God's might. And you and I can do the same thing, guys. Let's jump back up to modern day now. To like war. Some people have, still have a hard time relating to those things. How about Brother Hagin? You've heard his story. I've shared about it before. He was told that he could not walk. He told that he would always be handicapped. He said that he would maybe never get out of bed. And he found God's promises in his word, and he stood on those. And, and real quickly, I mean, it's said that one day he had revelation where God said that you can speak to the mountain and you can believe that that mountain is cast away. And, and he had an opportunity then to either believe that or say, you know what, it's not working for me. I'm not getting it. I don't know why I see it working for everybody in the Bible and everybody out here. Was not for... But what did he do? Listen, this guy had crippled legs. He got himself and rolled himself over to the edge of the bed. And it said, he said that he picked his leg up. If you've ever had like a bum leg or something, I have had this before where I've had to do this. And he picked his leg up and he threw it down onto the floor and it said it, it hit like a rock, the one leg. And he picked the other leg up and he went like that and flipped it down. So now he's sitting on the edge of the bed and says he had a, 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 a bedpost there. And it said that he tried to get himself up, he says, he describes it. And he says he went down. Now, he's trying to stand. Okay, it's what we're talking about today. I'm not just telling you a story. He's trying to stand. And it says that all the, there was no power in his legs. He hadn't stood for, I don't know if it was years or I think it was. And he said that he grabbed that, that bedpost and he pulled himself up and he said, God's word is true. He said, it's true and I'm going to stand on it. And I'll tell you what, guys, this church and many churches like it, we speak faith. We know about faith now. We have revelation of faith. Through that man, God used that guy to uh, stood on his word. And when all opposition, his family said, just stay in bed, Kenneth, just stay in bed. The doctor said, let the boy, he's not going to ever amount to anything. He pulled himself up. And even when his legs didn't support him, he got himself to where he stood on that bedpost. And he was standing upright. Couldn't move, but he was standing. And he took a step. And he took another step. And it isn't like he said, all right, he went out the door running. But that's where the process started. So you see where patience comes in? See where the endurance comes in? See where the discipline comes in? That, you know, I find a promise in God's Word. And you know what? There was nobody in that room helping him except Jesus. There was no one in there encouraging him. You can do it, Kenneth. You can do it. They were all saying, stay in bed, fool. And and he got on God's promises. And in the power of his might and his strength, he stood up. And man, that dude went about preaching. Once he got walking, he started telling everybody about what God did in his life. He started telling everybody, you know what? If it worked for me, it'll work for you. And we're preaching these things today. It's always been in there. It's always been in the God's Word. It's been in there way before Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin didn't write it. God did. 
But it takes a person to be able to stand. And these people stood. And the only reason I bring through up all those people, guys, I think that was more than two or three examples. So that'll help you to when you're going through a difficult time and when you think that all hell has come against you and your situation, you can stand. You can recall, man, I remember healing service back in August 2012. I can remember Pastor Chris sharing these examples. And that's why I share so many examples illustrations is so you can relate to them that you're going to be able to stand and when you've done all the stand and and it feels like you can't stand anymore you can stand and when you continue to stand you will receive the promise of god and then i've always said this the god's best for you is for you to turn around and help someone else that is is going through the situation you did if you if you're kenneth hagan God's best is for you to turn around after He's pulled you up and got you on your ways to help someone else that says, you know, that, and that's what He had, a healing ministry, remember? He helped people that where everyone else said, it can't be done, you know what, it's hopeless, it's terminal. He went around preaching for 70 years that God is faithful and God can heal. And, and you know, that's God's best for you and I. Okay? But here's what I want you to see, guys. How's that apply to my life, you might be saying? Well, we live by faith, and people aren't always going to be able to understand it. And they're not always going to understand us. And I know this to be true in my life. It's not the way that the world lives. It's not the way some of your family lives. It's not the way that the neighbors and the people you hang out with live. So when you're standing, you've got to have a tenacity. You've got to have a fight You've got to be able to have some endurance and patience that even when the people that are closest to you say, you know what, eh, you, know, you can believe all you want, but they, those things discourage you. They can get you, they can get you sidetracked. They, and the devil knows how to do that. They will start questioning you and ridiculing you. There's an enemy that's going to do everything in his power to get you moved and sidetracked and frustrated. But that's why we call them disciplines of faith. They're disciplines. Okay? We're commanded to stand and stand on what? His promises. And there's, you know, the scripture in Matthew 7, 24 to 27 says the, the man that built the house on the rock and then the man that built the house on the, on the sand. One stood, one didn't. What a great illustration. Only God. I mean, something as simple as that. But I built my house on the rock and it can stand against the storms. If I build it on the sand, or if I build it the way the world would say or do, when a storm comes, and storms are coming, guys, I wish I could say they're not coming. I wish I could tell you you'll never have a storm. There will be a storm coming against your life. There will be a storm coming against your family. There will be a storm coming against your household. But if you're built on the rock, you can stand. And you will stand once the storm... The storm won't last forever. No storm has ever lasted forever. Even that storm... And we showed the rain. Even this storm, when God flooded the earth, it only lasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Think about that. 40 days and 40 nights, that's all it lasted. It destroyed the whole earth, but it did pass. The storm will pass in your life too. Uh, a bunch of us pastors, an, an illustration of this, it goes right along with that scripture in Matthew. This spring, a bunch of us pastors from the church here went whitewater rafting down at the Ohio Powell. And we did the class five rapids, which was pretty wild. I've always wanted to do it. It was crazy. Well, a couple of pastors got thrown out. Okay. And that's pretty hairy. 
It's pretty crazy. They got thrown out in these rapids. And, and man, I thought about this after we did it. And I thought, what a, that's a great illustration. I'm going to use that whenever I preach it. You know what? One of the pastors was able to get himself and grab a hold of a rock. Now, we're, you're talking class five rapids. You're talking boulders bigger than cars out in the middle of this river. And it's raging. And they're all over the place. So two pastors got thrown out. I'm observing this because I went down through and I stayed in the raft. I was a good boy. I was hanging on for dear life. <laughs> but I see one get cast out and he grabs a hold of the rock. Pulls himself up. He's standing up on the rock. Okay? Pastor John Spencer is going down in the water and all we could see was his feet up in the air. He's underwater and he's being swept down through. So the guy on the rock is standing there, sun shining on him. He's a little wet, but he's solid. And and I just saw the picture of it. Now, Pastor John Spencer did make it. He, he's, he's preached here after that, so he's still around. I don't want to leave you hanging there, okay? He got up out of there. He was pretty banged up and stuff, but he was he was all right. But it's such a great illustration that when that pastor got up on that rock, that raging river was still going all around him. In fact, the whole rock was surrounded by raging river, like sticks and, and just rapids going by him. And the one that got thrown out that wasn't on the rock, I mean, he got beat up. He got beat up pretty good. And he could have lost his life. He really could have. But isn't that a great example that, you know what, if I stand on God's Word, if I stand on His promises, you know what, there's going to be some storms and it's going to look nasty around me. And it's going to look like, wow, if I get off this rock, and that's what I want you to see today, if I get off of this rock, man, I, I, I might lose my life. I might get banged up. Well, guys, that's why it's so important to keep this thing before you night and day, day and night. It's so important for you to have this down on the inside of you in abundance so that when you do get taken off of that rock or that you find yourself slipping, there's slippery rocks down there too, that that you have that down on the inside of you and you're not saying, oh no, I'm going to drown. No. Even if I would slip off that rock, I know my God's for me. It's, I, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I know that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And you have all those things down on this. That makes all the difference, guys. It makes all the difference. You're then standing. He'll get, that puts put you right back up on that rock. Once you start quoting God's Scripture, once you start quoting His Word, that's what moves Him. That's what moves the angels. We've got to be fully persuaded. We've got to refuse to give up or quit. You keep standing on the Word of God even when it doesn't look like anything is happening. When adversity comes, remember, it's not the devil you have to fight. You only have to stand strong in the victory that Christ has already won for us. Amen? It is possible to get to the point in your Christian walk where it doesn't matter how many storms come, how many trials or tribulations come. Even in adversity, you can find rest in God knowing that He is our rock and He is my deliverer, He's my fortress, and come what may, I will not be shaken. I will stand. Man, it's 11.02. I don't know. We might have to do one more week. <laughs> I keep going and going on this, but there's so much more here. I, I got to leave you with that because I don't want to go over. But uh, listen, guys, I told you before, I'll tell you again this week, 
It's going to be a couple more weeks before I get to come back and share with you again. But we'll, I think we'll pick back up on here because there's some key scriptures I want to share with you. But listen, you might be like, Pastor Chris, you don't know what I've been going through. And I've been standing for a long time. Well, you know, I do know this about our God, that there has been no one that's ever stood and He hasn't come through. No one. No one. There's been people that have tried and the situation tried them and they didn't stand. But there's been no one that stood on God's promises and He failed them. So, and when I share with you, and I'll leave you with this, that sometimes it's not easy to stand and sometimes it's not easy to stand alone. Well, that's why you have this great church. And that's why you have care pastors and care ministers and prayer partners and healing team and victory group and those th- all these things that, you know, like you're not called to do it alone. He says, don't forsake the gathering together. Why? Because when one of us needs help being picked up, don't you know that Pastor Hagen, don't you know Brother Hagen would have loved to have probably someone encouraging him say, go man, go, take one more step, dude. You can do it. And, and that's what the church is here for. So I say that to tell you, that, you know, if you're going through a rough time, I want you to continue standing. God's commanding you to stand. But you can call this church and you can you can come find us before and after a service and we'll stand with you. And it's a whole lot easier to stand when someone's, you know, Moses needed help standing. Remember? So we'll help you stand. So you don't have to do this alone. You do it in His power and His might. And the only way I can help you is in His power and His might. But sometimes it takes another person just to help you do it, okay? Let me pray for you. Father, thank You and praise You for Your Word, for Your promises, for Your truths. I thank You and praise You. We can stand on them day in, day out, all day long. Thank You and praise You, Lord, that You sustain us, You strengthen us, that we will stand, Father, and even though the raging rapids might be going all the way around us, we know we can stand upright in You, Father. And I thank You and praise You for each one here today, Lord. I thank You that You've imparted into their very lives what they need. And I thank You, Lord, that they'll be able to stand. And Lord, that they would know that if they need help standing, that they have a church and a body that will stand with them. And I thank You and praise You, Father. You put us here together. You knit us together. I thank You You put us here for such a time as this. And we will stand, Father. We decree it in Jesus' name. And we shall accomplish and do all that You've called us to do and to be. We give you thanks and praise for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for coming out, guys. Love you.